Welcome to the Market Week in Review for the week ending March 26, 2021. I'm your host, Laura Bardwick, and joining us today is Chief Investment Strategist for North America, Paul Eidelman. Good morning, Paul. How's it going so far today? I'm good, Laura. How are you? Great. Doing well myself. So, Paul, I was hoping we could touch on three stories, specifically COVID, which is always relevant, of course, then the potential U.S. infrastructure package, and finally, what we're seeing from central banks across the world. So let's go ahead and start from the top there. COVID, trends, what's going on globally, and in particular, how are different countries dealing with the vaccine rollout? Yeah, I think um, some very mixed news there, actually, over the last week or two now. Um, maybe on the more negative side in, in Europe, there's been another sort of breakout higher in, in new infections in the region in places like Italy and Germany, for example. Uh, and in some cases, that's caused those countries to uh, reinstate new lockdowns. So Italy, Italy's extended lockdowns. Germany had a bit of a head fake this week where they talked about putting in a pretty severe lockdown over the Easter holiday and then sort of backtracked on that after some political backlash. But nevertheless, some sort of deteriorating trends there. And the vaccination rollouts in Europe have been significantly delayed relative to the experiences in the United States or United Kingdom, for that matter, talking about sort of high single digits of the population uh, having received their first dose of, of vaccines. So they're making some progress, but it, it, it looks delayed. On, on the U.S. side, um, you know, we've seen a flattening out of uh, infections after some really substantial improvement over the last couple of months. And, and under the surface of that, it does look like some states are showing a spike in cases. So that's a bit worrying. But I think there's kind of two offs offsets to that that are leading us to think the U.S. economic outlook is still very strong here for the second half of the year. First is all the fiscal stimulus that's been put through into the economy. We just had that American Rescue Plan passed at $1.84 trillion. And uh, a component of that, the stimulus checks for households are flowing out right now and providing a lot of income support to push back against any disruptions to mobility. Uh, and then the second is, is the vaccinations, which I alluded to before. The U.S. is uh, on a much more accelerated profile than Europe. We've already had a quarter of all adults uh, receive their first dose of the vaccine. And those trends just seem to be improving day by day, and the kind of administration is guiding towards vaccines becoming available to all adults by May 1st. And, and so if that timeline holds with all of this stimulus and a possible reopening of the economy, the U.S. should still very much be on track for uh, pretty exceptional growth in, in the second half of this year as, as the economy starts to reopen again. So kind of mixed news, uh, both for the U.S. and Europe, but I think still fundamentally on track for uh, an economic rebound later this year. Sounds like there's still light at the end of the tunnel, which is great. And speaking of the U.S., let's talk a little bit about this uh, potential infrastructure package. You know, what's going on there? What should investors be paying attention to? And of course, when we start talking trillions of dollars, a key question becomes, where is the money coming from? Yeah, so it sounds like Biden is going to unveil this infrastructure plan possibly next week in Pittsburgh. So hopefully we'll get a lot more of the specific details at that time. But it's looking like it could be pretty substantial plans to spend something like two to four trillion dollars on new infrastructure programs in the United States over the next uh, decade or so. That's a lot of money. Um, but as you hinted at, it, it, Democrats want to pay for those 
that new spending by raising taxes. And we know taxes are really important for our financial advisors, helping their, their clients meet their retirement goals and, and other outcomes. Um, and there could be some pretty significant moving parts here on the tax side of the equation to pay for infrastructure, one being a possible increase in individual income taxes for families earning above $400,000 a year. That's been a major platform for Biden and the Democrats. That sounds like it'll be part of this proposal. Again, we'll see next week. Uh, another one which is really interesting for investing is uh, a proposal to potentially raise the capital gains tax closer to ordinary income as well. And so I think focusing on these issues for uh, tax efficiency and, and outcomes in, in portfolios will be really important as a watch point over the next week and, and next couple of months. Uh, and then the other big issues on the corporate side, uh, Biden has talked about wanting to raise the corporate uh, tax from 21% to possibly 28%, unwinding about half of the tax cuts that uh, Trump put through back in 2017 and, and 2018. And, and that could be meaningful for the outlook for U.S. earnings growth in 2022. So a lot of moving parts. I think at the end of the day, it still is net incremental stimulus in terms of what we're hearing right now, but a lot of um, pay-fors, if you will, uh, that'll be important to think through in, in terms of financial planning. So just looking at time, you know, we started on a global note. Let's go ahead and end on one. Mm -hmm. We've been seeing some divergence in stances from different central banks across the world. Can you describe what's going on? Yeah, very, very different messages around the world, actually. So we've had a couple of central banks start to guide towards removing accommodation now, which is quite interesting. And one of them is just to the north here. The Bank of Canada, one of their deputy governors, uh, gave a speech this week where they announced they were going to remove their emergency liquidity programs that were put in place during COVID. And they actually are thinking about possibly tapering or, or winding down their quantitative easing asset purchase program as soon as uh, next month or in the next couple of months. And, and that's actually a pretty significant surprise because typically the Bank of Canada will move in lockstep with the U.S. Federal Reserve uh, because any deviations can have big implications for currency markets and, and through the currency impacts on the outlook for Canadian growth and inflation. But, you know, the Bank of Canada sounds like they've been quite impressed with the robustness of their recovery so far, and they're at least thinking about the possibility of, of winding down accommodation. So that was a surprise and I think interesting this week. Uh, also in the developed markets, the, the Norges Bank, the Central Bank of Norway, is, is now guiding towards a possible rate hike in the second half of this year, which would be probably the first of the, the major central banks to actually raise interest rates. So some uh, kind of hawkish uh, guidance towards removing accommodation around the world. The, the one distinction, though, which is maybe the important one, is the United States, the Federal Reserve, still sounds very committed to providing maximum accommodation for some time. Um, they had that important Fed meeting last week where the guidance was no rate hikes through the end of 2023. Um, and ultimately, the U.S. matters a lot for global financial markets. And I think the Fed's commitment here has been important in terms of slowing down uh, the rise in bond yields, both in the U.S. and globally. And, and this week, we saw the 10-year yield actually fall modestly from 1.75% to 1.65%. So at least in the short term, 
that's arrested a, a pretty sharp rise in bond yields. And our outlook is that a lot is priced at this point. We think we're going to be kind of in more of a range bound consolidation phase uh, in fixed income markets for the next six months or so. That's very helpful. Thank you. Um, unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. So, Paul, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you all for joining us as well. We hope to see you next week and we hope you have a great week in the meantime. <laughs>